Hello and welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. We're doing a book study on this book written by Eckhart Tolle, and we hope you have your copy so that you can follow along. Today we are in Chapter 7, Section 7, Portals into the Unmanifested, The True Nature of Space and Time. My name is Barbara Wainwright, and I'm here with Gilda Simonet. Welcome, Gilda. Thank you. Portals into the Unmanifested, The True Nature of Space and Time. Now consider this. If there were nothing but silence, it wouldn't exist for you. You wouldn't know what it is. Only when sound appears does silence come into being. Similarly, if there were only space without any objects in space, it wouldn't exist for you. Imagine yourself as a point of consciousness floating in the vastness of space. No stars, no galaxies, just emptiness. Suddenly, space wouldn't be vast anymore. It would not be there at all. There would be no speed, no movement from here to there. At least two points of reference are needed for distance and space to come into being. Space comes into being the moment the one becomes two. And as two become 10,000 things, as Lao Tzu calls the manifested world, space becomes more and more vast. So world and space arise simultaneously. Nothing could be without space. Yet space is nothing. Before the universe came into being, before the Big Bang, if you like. There wasn't a vast empty space waiting to be filled. There was no space, as there was no thing. There was only the unmanifested, the one. When the one became the 10,000 things, suddenly space seemed to be there and enabled the many to be. Where did it come from? Was it created by God to accommodate the universe? Of course not. Space is no thing, so it was never created. If I was a fish in water, I really wouldn't recognize that there was water because it would be, I would be in it. So, us being in the air, if you will, which we're calling space, like I'm guessing there's, you know, there's space between me and my microphone. Well, I guess it's the same for energy. Like, you know, it exists and it's real. You just don't always see it. Right. So, we don't see it, but it doesn't mean that it isn't there. And I am aware of space or the distance between point one and point two. So I guess what he's saying, it takes two different points for there to be space. And when there was the one, which I'm guessing they're calling God being the one, and then the one became two or 10,000 things, that's when space became a thing. <laughs> but then he says, 
Space is no thing. So it was never created. Yes, and this is why the ego is not good for this book, because it makes you <laughs> overthink it all. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Okay, next paragraph. Go out on a clear night and look up at the sky. The thousands of stars you can see with the naked eye are no more than an infinitesimal fraction of what is there. 1,000 million galaxies can already be detected with the most powerful telescopes. Each galaxy is an island universe containing thousands of millions of stars. Yet, what is even more awe-inspiring is the infinity of space itself, the depth and stillness that allows all of that magnificence to be. Nothing could be more awe-inspiring and majestic than the inconceivable vastness and stillness of space. And yet, what is it? Emptiness? Vast emptiness? What appears to us as space in our universe perceived through the mind, and the senses is the unmanifested itself, externalized. It is the body of God, And the greatest miracle is this, that stillness and vastness that enables the universe to be is not just out there in space, it is also within you. When you are utterly and totally present, you encounter it as the still inner space of no mind. Within you, it is vast in depth, not in extension. Spatial extension is ultimately a misperception of infinite depth, an attribute of the one transcendental reality. According to Einstein, Space and time are not separate. I don't really understand it. But I think he is saying that the time is the fourth dimension of space. He calls it the space-time continuum. And that was a statement by a student. And Eckert replies, yes. What you perceive externally as space and time are ultimately illusory, but they contain a core of truth. They are the two essential attributes of God, infinity, and eternity, perceived as if they had an external existence outside of you. Within you, both space and time have an inner equivalent that reveals their true nature as well as your own. Whereas space is the still, infinitely deep realm of no mind, the inner equivalent of time is presence. Aware of the eternal now. Remember that there is no distinction between them. 
When space and time are realized within as the unmanifested, no mind, and presence, external space and time continue to exist for you, but they become much less important. The world, too, continues to exist for you, but it will not bind you anymore. Hence, the ultimate purpose of the world lies not within the world, but in transcendence of the world. Just as you would not be conscious of space if there were no objects in space, the world is needed for the unmanifested to be realized. You may have heard the Buddhist saying, if there were no illusion, there would be no enlightenment. It is through the world and ultimately through you that the unmanifested knows itself. You are here to enable the divine purpose of the universe to unfold. That is how important you are. Okay. I think I'm starting to understand when he talks about the true nature of space and time and how when, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Gilda, when you go into a meditative state, you become unconscious of the amount of clock time that is passing. And yes. you also become unconscious of your physical surroundings because they don't matter because you're in a deep meditative state. You're not focused on what time is it? What do I have to do next? And any of that, it's all just, that's all gone. It all disappears and you get into that deep meditative state and you get to a very blissful, peaceful moment where time ceased to exist and all the things that we have to do when we're not in that meditative state, they all cease to be important, just like he says right there. And that is a different experience of time and space because it's not clock time. It's the present moment. And the present moment at that moment is infinite. Right. It kind of feels like a daydream, but you're not dreaming. Right. It's like a blank slate. Yes. And you can tune in and tap into the energy field, if you will, the energy field of no time and no space and then when you come back and you're present in the moment but in your physical eyes open here with clock time and space it's a very different experience so I really like what he's pointed out here that there's no time and no space in the unmanifested and there's time and space in 
also, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, in the manifested world, I guess. And then, without the two, like he said, there was when there's one, there is no space. It's when the one became two, that's when the world became 10,000 things. When the one became two, how do you know yourself? In other words, how does the unmanifested world know itself except through us? And that's how important we are, is we are helping the unmanifested to know itself through us, through our worldly experiences. It's so interesting because I have often said that we come best to know ourselves through others. And what I mean by that is when we meet other people and they reflect back to us some aspect of ourselves, or they reflect back to us something that we don't like about ourselves or something that we just don't care for, or they reflect back to us something that's joyful and love energy and we really enjoy that, we wouldn't have had that experience except through somebody else being that mirror for us. And what I believe he's saying about space and time is that same thing, that the unmanifested is coming to know itself through the manifestation of ourselves. I love that. I'm still processing it all. <laughs> I know. It's so heavy. I mean, this this first three paragraphs, four paragraphs for me was... What? <laughs> yeah, and it's trippy because it's like we both have read this book so many times, and it's like every time we come across it, we just keep finding ourselves learning something new, maybe, yes, or I guess, yes, or going, dissecting it. Yes, going mm-hmm. deeper into the meaning and into the message and having a deeper understanding, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Well, that is the end of this section of the book. It's very heavy in my mind. It caused a lot of question marks to be going through the space-time continuum for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now I think I have an understanding of how he's talking about, I, I think it's in this last sentence, if there were no illusion, there would be no enlightenment. It is through the world and ultimately through you, through me, through everyone here, that the unmanifested knows itself. So it's a very deep subject. Yes, it is. All right. Well, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and that this wasn't too much for you. I'd love to hear some feedback from you. All right. See you next week. Bye now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation, you can join our Facebook group, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. Or you can contribute by going to wainwrightglobal.com forward slash go forward slash support.